0: Hey everyone, this is the Ultra Trucker Jake Jackson, and you're listening to the Training for Ultra podcast.
1: Welcome to Training for Ultra, the podcast. Welcome to episode 72 of the Training for Ultra podcast. My name's Rob. I also go by Training for Ultra and Jake Jackson's on. So he's flying under the radar. Love this story. You know, he's a UPS truck driver and let's find out how he manages to train while driving a truck and he's a big family guy. So Jake's an inspirational dude. I I like um, when someone can hit that elite-ish type level of ultra running while living a normal life and working full time and being a you know a parent and a husband and it, it's cool that he's able to balance all that out so really enjoyed having Jake on again from the previous episode celebrating Pete Kostalnik's 10,000 miles I'm giving away 10 trucker hats to the first 10 physical book pre-orders on my website trainingforultra.com pick up the pre-order um, i also be sending out a gift, but your, um, your book will come with a trucker hat that's not even available for sale anymore. Wanted to make sure to celebrate Pete's big accomplishment there. So, big thank you. You know, this is the last episode of the year. You'll, you'll hear from me probably second week in January. Going to spend some time with family. I got to finish up editing the book and all that good stuff. But, big thank you to Hammer Nutrition. They will be signed on for 2019. Huge supporters. Really enjoy working with them. Big thank you to Sufferfest Beer. They've been excellent supporters throughout 2018. Hopefully we'll have them on for Season 3. Huge thank you to Destination Trail. They've signed on for 2019. Candace Burton, her team. Really enjoy working with them. Just all their races are excellent. I was really close to Orca's Island this year. I just, or 2019, I couldn't. Make it work in my schedule. I have some family obligations, but almost every one of their races, um, sort of mouth-watering. <laughs> Don't sign up for them all. Um, and last but not least, Exo Skin. If you hadn't tried them out yet, uh, I really like their calf sleeves. Very solid material, and their material doesn't smell after you use it. So like, it takes a few uses before you have to wash it, which I love. I love wearing socks for like two or three times and then. Not having to, yeah, immediately wash them. Feel free to use my promo code T, the number 4U20 for 20% off Exoskin. Definitely give them a shot, check them out, and hopefully we'll have them on for 19. We'll see. And last but not least, thank you to the Patreon supporters. You guys are unbelievable. It's been a great 2018, and hopefully it's an even better 2019. But I couldn't do it without you guys really appreciate you guys and and appreciate interacting with you guys on the closed Facebook group. So if you haven't, you know, signed up to be a Patreon supporter, I think it's roughly 25 cents an episode. You know, feel free to um sign up and you know, support the podcast. Every every dollar of Patreon support goes straight back into you know, supporting the listener and helping with YouTube videos and whatnot. So Appreciate you guys. Enjoy this episode with Jake Jackson. I'm joined here by Jake Jackson. He's uh, flying under the radar. We got a taste of him at Desert Solstice here recently. Jake, thanks for joining me on the Training for Ultra podcast.
0: Oh, definitely, Rob. It's uh, great to be here. You know, I've been listening to your show for uh, quite some time now, and I kind of feel like I'm like made it in the ultra world now. Getting to be on your show,
1: <laughs> it's an honor having <laughs> you. I mean. It, it, you can probably correlate it right when he started listening he had those breakout performances and what can i say no <laughs>
0: yeah you've, I, I will say that you have definitely uh, improved your interviewing skills over the year, year or two so I, that's congrats just, for you
1: thank you i mean that's just me and ultra running um i would say my very first ultra did not go very smoothly so <laughs> i just i learn as i Does go anybody's. you know no one's a, a pro right out of the gates and i'm just hopefully working towards it at some point but sure. Jake, I wanted to get your um, your sponsors in really quick since you're taking all this time. I wanted to thank them.
0: Okay. Uh. Yeah. My major sponsors is uh, Orange Mud and Spring Energy, and I also and I'm ambassador for uh, Rabbit. I'm one on uh, one of the Elite Trail team, and uh, Exoskin, and also
1: Prevail Bot- Botanicals. Awesome. So, did I hear you say you're the Ultra Trucker? Is that correct? <laughs>
0: yeah um a buddy of mine coined that name i don't know about a year ago we were just talking and i i was telling him how you know i'm a truck driver for ups and i was saying that you know i'll never be uh i'll never be able to retire you know from driving a truck to go be a professional
1: runner so he's like yeah you're like
0: the ultra trucker so <laughs> I, I liked it so much that i just it just
1: stuck so i want to hear more about this are you that stereotypical guy like you know jumping in and out of the truck with packages um is it like that physical are you driving like a big rig or or what are you doing daily there i
0: i was a delivery guy for uh about four years ago i stopped doing that and i moved up to uh the the big diesel trucks just driving the trailers. so
1: yeah
0: kind of the top of the food chain when it comes to those kind of jobs at ups
1: yeah that's interesting i mean Talk about a physically demanding job. I've just known a few delivery guys and they are just totally wiped out at the end of the day. Um, So how do you, let's just start with like your day to day, like how are you building training into this? I mean, I know I've gotten a lot of questions related to it. Um, I mean, do you mind walking us through like a day to day and then we'll jump back and talk about how you got started?
0: Oh, for sure. Um, Basically, you know, I have a wife and three kids. They're all in school. So, my normal day is usually, you know, wake up, um, get them help, get my help with my wife getting them ready for school. Um, she usually takes them to school. So, I have about an hour or two to squeeze in, uh, you know, a run or, you know, some lifting or whatever I can get in. And then, usually, um, I head off to work a little afternoon and basically work uh, till about two o'clock in the morning come home, sleep for a little while, and it's just basically repeat the whole thing for the entire week. So,
1: And so you're, you're able to operate on pretty low sleep, it seems like. Uh, yeah, I think all the years of
0: working in the main hub at odd hours, um, getting, you know, little sleep, I, I, it's not probably the best thing for me. I, I wish I could get more sleep, but yeah, it's just kind of squeezing, you know, a run in here and there wherever you can, so...
1: And so are you able to get long runs in on the weekends? Is that when the majority of your training takes place? Yeah. Uh,
0: My wife is also, uh, Missy, is also an ultra runner. So she does her long runs on Saturday, and I'll do mine on Sunday. And usually while she's out uh, on her Saturday long run, I'll more than likely be on the treadmill getting some extra distance in. So, yeah, we make it work. It's, it's, It's one of those things that's taken over this year really to kind of fit a nice groove for both of us to benefit from the training so yeah we make it work
1: how many kids did you say you you had i have three, three. i have a okay. 16 14 and a nine-year-old okay so old enough to take care of themselves for the most part but still yeah. in need yeah yeah okay. we Could... have a,
0: a three-mile loop that we do and it's basically uh just check in after every loop you know they have our cell phone numbers and everything so yeah we're not too far away from them usually
1: and, and where do you guys live are you able to run year-round Outside? Yeah, we
0: live in uh, Loma Linda, California. Okay. So yeah, the, you know, Southern California weather, it's pretty nice out here.
1: <laughs> and I mean, last last mention before we jump back is just Patreon Patreon supporter Scott had asked specifically about that question because he is also a big rig driver for EPS. So you you, you might even know Scott for all I know. That can't, I think I do, yeah. <laughs> can't be can't be many uh, ultra ultra rig drivers so pretty small yeah, it, world it, within a small world <laughs> right
0: yeah i mean most of the, i get a lot of comments about oh when are you going to get your driver body like <laughs> yeah i know some of the drivers you know put on a few pounds you know but yeah i'm like i, I i'll never get that driver body i don't think
1: <laughs> so you're you're able to make like healthy food choices even though you're like putting in tons of hours and i mean you're yeah, able I mean, to I pack stay focused. my lunch
0: every day so it's it's not an issue
1: Okay. That's fascinating. And when did you start running? I mean, have you always been a runner or, I
0: mean... No, I, I really started probably about eight years ago. Um, I I played, you know, your typical sports growing up um, and then got into high school and turned my focus more towards music and kind of took on that, a uh, little bit of that anti-jock kind of mentality and yeah. went away from sports in general. And it wasn't until after the birth of our, our, our daughter, our third kid, that... Uh, You know, both of us, my wife and I were both, you know, overweight, uh, not eating very well and basically decided, you know, we need to make a change. We were both not heavy smokers, but we smoked occasionally and drank and we just had to make that decision. You know, we need to be in shape for our kids. And so we both got gym memberships and things kind of took off from there.
1: And so did you, did you do the stereotypical like uh, 5k type sign up and just progress through race distances from there? Or did you leap right into ultras? Did you have a marathon, half marathon?
0: Uh, yeah. I, uh, you know, my first race, I think was a 10k. I never raced a 5k so far. I mean, in eight years I've been running, I never raced a 5k, but yeah, the first race was a 10k and it was this kind of a introductory to, to racing. I had never done anything like that before. And yeah, I was a road runner for first four years, just chasing uh, half marathon times, marathon times, uh, trying to qualify for Boston. You know, your typical uh, transition. And then uh, I had had a lot of friends who had started getting into the ultra scene, trail running. And it, you know, I, I I had been doing a lot of hiking, uh, on and off on the trails, and loved to being out there in nature. And it just. You know, the first couple of trail runs that I got to go out with them, it it, uh, it ignited something where I never wanted, I, I stopped wanting to be out on the road. You know, I just kind of got burned out on it. So it was just all about trail running. So that's basically how I got into the ultras.
1: And so were you able to qualify for Boston? Like, had you put in that, that type of work and have that type of natural ability? Yeah.
0: Um, I ran, let's see, it took me two tries. The first marathon, I think I ran a 330, and the second one was ooh, 320-something, I believe. Uh, but then I ended up, uh, yeah, qualifying. I've run Boston, been lucky enough to run Boston four years now. So,
1: Wow. And that's just unbelievable going from, I mean, smoking and out of shape and, and really transforming. Like, when would you say you... Or, like, what was the time length on transforming yourself? Was that a multi-year process? Or did you have, like, a big leap, you know, for uh, a six-month yeah, period?
0: It took about two years, I believe, to qualify. And, you know, when I first started running, I had no idea that you even had to qualify for Boston. It wasn't even something I thought was even possible um, until, I think, that's finishing that second marathon. And I was, you know, I had dropped... 40 to 50 pounds just over those two years, just training. Um, and once the idea of possibly running Boston got in my head, it was like, I, I definitely need to do this. It's one of those bucket list races for a lot of people. And yeah, I just, uh, the more, uh, I trained, uh, the faster I got and yeah, I was really fortunate to be able to go out there and do that those four times.
1: That's amazing. And so what was the transition to the trails like? And in- Who can you blame for getting you into this sport? Was there like one or two guys that you can point the finger at and say, like, it's your fault?
0: (laughs) Uh, One of the biggest ones was my friend, uh, Timothy Cristoni; They call him the cheetah. And the other one was another friend, Alex Suchi, that uh, they they were kind of my mentors when I got into running. Uh, Yeah, I learned, you know, I picked their brain, you know, about everything because they had been doing it for a while. And. Uh, yeah, it was just one of those things where every chance I had to go out and run with those two guys, I, I was taking it. So,
1: I mean, you don't run with a guy named the nickname the cheetah, and uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not benefit a little bit. So, I mean, tell me, tell me about your first ultra. What what was it like? How'd the race go? And I'm just interested to hear how you know going from road running into your first ultra really went.
0: Yeah, so the first one was a Calico 50k, um, and you know I had that kind of road mentality going into it, just thinking I'm just gonna go balls to the wall, fast, as hard as I can go, uh, and just see what happens. I had no idea how to properly feed myself, fuel myself, hydration, any of that stuff. I was just basically going off of what I knew from running a marathon, basically, and it was a big surprise. Uh, I The first couple miles of that course is run on bas- basically almost like beach sand. And I was like, man, this is a lot harder than I thought it was gonna be. Uh, about 20 miles in, I started getting some really bad uh, leg cramps. I had no idea there was things, salt pills. Uh, didn't know anything about that. Didn't know really much about you know taking in electrolytes or any of that kind of stuff. Um, I ended up finishing, uh, and it was a eye-opening experience, but I loved it. It was amazing being out there.
1: And so did you – were you somehow seeing other people utilizing, like, gels throughout and hydrating differently, or how did you pick up on the fact that maybe you weren't, like, doing things ideally? Yeah, I mean, the cramping was probably
0: – I mean, I'd had cramps during races, uh, you know, marathons and stuff on the road, and just – the, the, the severity of the cramps that I had during that 50K, I was like, I, I need to figure this out because that just doesn't seem normal. Um, I mean, I'd never had basically both of my legs cramp as bad as they did during that race. So yeah, I mean, it was just a lot of just going back to the drawing board and trying to figure things out you know, in terms of that kind of distance and being in that kind of a exposed
1: environment so. And so were you looking to run longer I mean as bad as that first experience went in terms of cramping I mean did you like running beyond the the 26.2 mile mark definitely um,
0: I think I had gone to a point running marathons where it was geez how how much further can I really go you know I, I after that first 50k I started seeing local 50 milers and whoa there's a hundred miles out there that's that's insane. I, I never thought I'd reach that point but yeah the the idea of you know seeing just how far you know my body could take me intrigued me and knowing that you could go to all these different locations and run all over the US that also intrigued me because that was one of the biggest things you know you, you do a lot of road marathons you kind of see the same thing you run through a city you run on the street but you go to these ultras and it's like running in a completely different world every single race. So yeah. that was another big draw for me.
1: Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I, I just love going out on adventures. It's like, give me more of the adventure, more of the miles. Exactly. I, I don't mind being middle of the pack. just allows me to enjoy things a little bit longer. Definitely. Um, so, I mean, did your focus go from speed to distance at this point, or were you trying to maintain holding that base speed and just transitioning it to that longer distance?
0: Um, Yeah, I was still kind of in between. I was using trail running as a way to break up the road running Mm -hmm. aspect. Um, I had had my goals set to uh, run a really, really fast Boston, and this was the year after I got into trail running. So, yeah, I was kind of, you know, half and half, you know, a lot of the long runs – on the weekends, I would, uh, you know, get up in the mountains, um, do hill repeats, stuff like that. But yeah, I was kind of flip flopping back and forth still.
1: What's a really fast Boston to you?
0: I ran well, my PR there is a two forty two. Wow,
1: that's that's approaching my half marathon time. Wow. <laughs> <laughs>
0: and, and believe me, to get to that uh, time right now, I, I I've been avoiding it because I know how much you know how much work it took to get to that time. Yeah, and I don't know if I really want to get back into that kind of training again.
1: I've I've heard that from several people before. That's kind of funny. I mean, yeah. and to really like shave off five minutes off that time would take like just so much work. Right. I mean, yeah. Shave five minutes off your hundred mile time. Not so hard. <laughs> <huh>? <laughs> so when did you realize you were getting good at this? I mean, was it right like from that first race because you took runner up or? I mean yeah did you feel like you had found your niche?
0: After after Calico, you know, I placed second and I think it was only like six or seven minutes behind uh Jesse Haynes, which he's a legend, so I was starting to think, well, maybe, you know, I'm a little bit better off doing these trail a little bit slower, you know, a little more adventurous kind of races. Um, you know, being an you know, not I wouldn't say I'm like older, but, you know, a lot of those marathon guys they're in their twenties and they're you know, I'll, I'll never reach that, you know, Olympic, you know, trials qualifier standard. So, yeah, the I think just the longer distances kind
1: of suited me a little bit better. So. Interesting. And and so, what was uh, what was your first hundred mile race? Uh, the first
0: hundred was Kodiak Hundred in Big Bear, California.
1: That's not an easy one. <laughs> yeah, it, it
0: wasn't. I ran the 50 miler the year before, so basically half of the course. Okay. And it was uh, another eye-opening experience. But the following year, I decided to just take the plunge and go for the full 100. And since it's basically an hour away from where we live, it was easy to get up there and train a lot on the trails. So makes sense.
1: And so were you able to correct your nutrition and hydration issues? Like what modifications did you make that then you applied to that longer distance? Um,
0: well, that has been something that has been an evolution over the past – you know, four or five years, you know, I started trying to use, you know, things like Tailwind. I've gone through your whole different kinds of gels and trying to eat, you know, whole foods. And it hasn't been until this past year where I changed basically my everyday diet that corrected a lot of the the stomach problems that I was having during these other races. So it was uh, kind of a combination of finding the right thing that worked during the race, and also what I was eating just on your everyday basis.
1: I, I want to hear more about that. That's fascinating. So, like, foundationally, you reworked your day-to-day. What what changes did you make there? Um, for the most part,
0: it was uh, listening to uh, Zach Bitter. I, I started taking on the the high-fat, low-carb kind of approach to things um, and just seeing, you know, it was kind of – it got to the point where I was – tired of dealing with these issues, so I figured, why not just try this? I had a down couple months where I could experiment, and um, my wife and I had been, I guess, pescatarian for a few months, and that seemed to work a little bit, but I was still having the stomach issues on some of the longer runs, and just kind of feeling just like something was off, so um, hearing, you know, Jeff Browning, and, uh, you know, he's an older runner, too, so I figured, that, that might just be the key, so why not try it out? So um, I started that about a year ago, and within the first several months, I've no- I have noticed a, a really big change in just my energy, um, being able to go for much longer periods on my runs without needing as much food. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, you, you I think you were keto for a little bit too, weren't you?
1: Yeah, I've, I've played with it um, on and off so yeah and I,
0: I just it's definitely something that uh i don't know it's kind of i guess gotten like a little bit of a controversial rap to it but for me it, it works really well i think i i haven't been able to or i haven't had any issues basically being on the dot and of course i you know there's tweaks that you do to it over the year to find out what you know foods to avoid what works for you what doesn't but Overall, I think that was one of the the biggest changes that I made that affected uh, just this year of running, basically.
1: I mean, I just kicked into it recently, and gosh, those first two or three weeks of runs are so painful. Like, oh yeah, <laughs> like it just. I actually gave in and said, you know what, this isn't worth it right now, and so I backed out of it. But it took me several races of like extreme leg cramping, and talking to to Jeff um, browning about it. And he was like, Oh yeah, you, you need to take like two or three salt pills an hour, not one like you're doing. Right. Um, (laughs) so I literally, I went through like the first half of my races felt really great. And then sort of like you were describing your first ultra man, the leg cramps were so extremely painful. So have you modified your salt intake with that diet?
0: Um, not too, too much. Uh, I have always, kind of taking uh, two salt pills every uh, hour to hour and a half. Um, Of course, you know, hotter races, you want to take more electrolytes in. But um, for the most part, it's just been, uh, you know, I started using spring energy gels as well, and I think just a combination of running mostly on your body fat and not relying so much on, you know, the quick sugars that you put into your stomach that my, uh, my races have gone a lot better because I don't get upset stomachs. And my mm-hmm. wife had always joked before that, you know, I have an iron gun. You can just throw whatever in there and I'll be all right. But uh, performance-wise, when you don't have to worry about your your stomach, you can focus more on the race. And, you know, it, everything just goes a lot more smoothly.
1: So I'm just thinking through. I mean, you have that first first 100 and it seems to go okay. I mean, are you just like, okay, where do I sign up for my next 100 after Kodiak? or?
0: I mean, uh, basically, yeah, rehooked. Uh, uh, definitely, definitely. Um, you know, I, I, going back to that first hundred, I did have a a little bit of a, a issue about eighty miles in um, that I had never experienced before because I'd never run that far. Um, I had a similar occurrence that uh, according to Walter had on her first hundred with the contacts, and I basically lost my eyesight the same way she did, and had to basically walk the last 20 miles, blinded, Uh, and that was something that was really eye-opening, too. I had to get that figured out. Uh, So after that, um, the next race I had was at Zion and had a little bit of a similar experience, and so I had to start basically wearing glasses, um, on the latter half of my races wow. just to avoid having that happen every single time
1: see i don't run fast enough to have the air and dust hit my eyes like that
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't um, know if it's uh, if that is the, truly
1: the cause of it's, it or it's not it's probably just, I'm, yeah I'm i think it's just the,
0: the lack of oxygen you know <laughs> getting to the eyes with the contacts in but
1: oh man yeah so you're like basically w- like in the lead at at these races and then hitting that point with 20 miles to go where you're like just stumbling through the trails to get finished. Um, and so have you, were you able to correct that? I mean, I know you, you had some really good javelina races and if the dust is going to pick up at any race, I mean, it's Havelina
0: Yeah. I, I've been completely just avoiding that happening again. And usually when I get to about 60 to 70 miles, um, my wife who's usually crewing for me will have my, contact case out ready in my glasses. So I'll just take out my contacts and just run the rest of the race with my glasses on just so I don't have any issues.
1: Wow. Um, and so, I mean, tell me about desert solstice. I don't want to jump too far ahead cause you had some, you had some great races. Um, I mean, winning Havalina hundred K that that's incredibly competitive, uh, Angel's Crest Hunter taking runner up there, just that's phenomenal. And I think it was pretty smoky during that race this year. Um, yeah, it wasn't too too bad. Yeah. So I mean, you're you're definitely like kicking it into gear here, and like really, um, you found your groove. I mean, yeah. And and so why did you sign up for Desert Solstice? Because this is sort of back to road running in a sense. I mean, it's around a track.
0: Um. Well, back in May, I ran a race, a local race out here in Riverside, uh, called nanny goat 24 hour, hundred mile. Um, and that was going to be my first 24 hour race. It's, uh, on a, uh, one mile loop on a horse ranch. And after I ran that, I ended up hitting the qualifying standard to run desert. So, uh, yeah, that's how I ended up getting into desert.
1: I didn't realize nanny goat was, uh, like on a, it's on a track. No, it's, it's like a
0: combination Ur-pave. of horse trail, paved road, and a little bit over some grass.
1: Okay. Interesting. Because I've talked to a few people, even local friends that have done that race, and that's that's fascinating. And so, were you really excited about this? Were you like, oh my gosh, I have to run around a track? I mean, what was your mental attitude going in?
0: Really, it was a combination of being completely terrified and totally excited. Um you know, I, when I had first started running, uh, training for marathons, I had done several uh, long runs on a regular track because, you know, I just, I figured that was something you did. You know, you just go out and run on track. So it, the, running on the track wasn't something that was completely foreign to me, but just the thought of this, this desert is a race where people go to break records. And it being an invitational only race, it was, you know, nerve-wracking to think that I've only done one of these. I've never run on a track for that long, and literally, what turned out to be the most stacked field at this race ever, you know, that just terrified me. I didn't, uh, I kept asking myself, am I really ready to do something like that, or even qualified to do something like that?
1: Yeah, that's that's incredible. I mean. And you had just won Halina hundred k, and you're you're still questioning yourself on that. Um, and so did that play into your pacing at all? Did that affect how desert solstice went for you, or did you loosen up after a few laps and have a good time? I mean, it's hard to run with all those people and not kind of just have fun, right?
0: Yeah, uh, the the two weeks before when I started tapering, um, you know you were I kept checking the interest list uh and you know you get
1: these names like
0: Courtney DeWalter and Patrick Reagan and Zach Bitter that started popping up and I'm like wow (laughs) like this is this is not going to be like my normal race um so I started to get you know really uh anxious and it was really nice I my wife and I we we got to run a little bit the weeks before kind of as I was tapering and I was telling her you know my apprehensions to doing it and you know, she was just like, just go and run. Who cares what these other people do? Set your own goal, you know, set your own uh, race pace. Don't go off of what everybody else is doing. And it really helped. It changed my whole mentality um, about going into it. And basically, you know, after this awesome year that I had running, it was, I kind of decided, you know, this is going to be my celebration race for 2018. Uh, I'm going to go and get to run with people that I idolized and looked up to for so long, and just go out there and have fun, and whatever happens, happens. You know, don't get so worked up about the place you come in, or how well you do, and yeah, it really helped to just go into a race feeling like that, not feeling the pressure to perform. Um, I, of course, had, you know, some underlying goals of trying to hit 150 miles, because after my nanny goat race, I felt like I could have given a little bit more. So that was kind of my my A race goal for that. But yeah, just going into it with a totally different mentality of just more positivity and not stressing so much about how I did made a big difference.
1: I mean, it's it has to be a unique experience knowing they're basically televising the whole thing. Um
0: yeah, I had no idea that they were doing that either until we got there and Jim Mills like, "Oh, well, we're setting up cameras everywhere." And I was like, "Oh, man, people are actually going to be able to watch this thing?"
1: Yeah, I mean, some of the stuff that happens during ultras does not need to make uh, the live stream. Um,
0: Definitely, so,
1: but it, it was really cool seeing everyone out there and seeing like how each person was focused. And I mean, did you have any mental tricks going around like completing each loop? I mean, were you counting them? Did you have your GPS watch? I mean, did you have any kind of like incentives set up? Like any tricks to how you're doing it?
0: Um, I. I think the biggest thing that helped me was I did do four uh long runs uh the weeks, you know, in training up for it. Uh I did a 50k uh which was 4 hours and we we switched directions every 4 hours. So I knew basically how I would feel at least after running a 50k on a track. So that mentally helped me get over that hurdle. And then one funny thing that uh I told my wife we had brought some dark chocolate truffles. And I told her after every turnaround, I want to have one of these dark chocolate truffles. So that was a little bit of a my reward for nice. making it through another uh, four hours out there. So yeah, I was looking forward to having those.
1: So this will sound strange to most people, but did you prefer one direction over the other?
0: I did actually. I liked going counterclockwise, which I guess is the the normal way to go on a track. I think. Uh, yeah. After that first turnaround, I, I looked over and I said, "Man, it feels so weird going this direction now."
1: I I totally agree. Like <laughs> I had some a similar experience at uh, a twenty four hour race where it felt like it was more downhill, but it's it's the same loop. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's very very strange. It always took strange. probably
0: it took about a mile to like settle in. Like, okay, we're going this direction now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um. And so, tell me about like biggest like, unexpected occurrence there? Like, was there one moment that you just didn't expect to happen? Like, um, you know, did you... Whether it's good or bad, I guess. I mean, did you have any hiccups throughout the, the 24 hours? Um, there was one point,
0: uh, it was in the middle of the night, I think it was probably, like, 18 or 19 hours in, where I, I don't know if my... Mentally, I was just tired or... Yeah, I just kind of hit a low spot. It wasn't anything really too bad that, you know, I haven't gone through in other races, but you just – you start – you see that clock, you know, every two to two and a half minutes. You see that timer, and you start thinking, oh, my gosh, this is going on forever, and I think it might have just hit an energy low because uh, I started uh, drinking more coffee. I was actually taking a little, like, hydroflask kind of cup out with me, and I would – you know, run uh, the, the straights and one of the curves and then the other straight. And then as I was walking that other curve, I was taking sips of coffee and that seemed to really uh, change things around. And of course, you know, when the sun comes up, you, you know, you're like, okay, you know, you only got an hour and a half left, you can do this. But yeah, there wasn't too many low spots. It was kind of just, you know, you, you're always searching for something to keep your mind busy when you're running like that. It's just so monotonous and, Yeah. I mean, seeing, uh, you know, Camille fly past me, you know, every loop and looking great and seeing some of the other people just pushing themselves, you know, it's hard not to be motivated. I mean, some of these trail races you can get out there by yourself and you're you're having to motivate yourself. But when you're seeing people push themselves just as hard as you are, it's hard not to feed off of that and get motivated yourself.
1: Well, I mean, it was a phenomenal race. Congratulations. I mean, 157.58 157.58 miles is that right in 24 yeah. hours yeah that's crazy Man. i think it was 630 loops that here in that oh number i was gosh. like wow <laughs> yeah that's phenomenal um and so how did recovery go after you do almost 160 miles in 24 hours Well, oh,
0: the first couple days it was you know of course very rough <laughs> <laughs> you know it was a lot of uh you know small steps i had to go back to work monday so climbing in and out of my tractor for that 10 hours wasn't so much fun but yeah recovery overall the past couple weeks have been going pretty well um i've been using uh those elevated legs compression boots Mm -hmm. if you've ever seen those yeah those have been working really well and then just using uh some compression sleeves the Exoskin compression sleeves have been really doing well too and i'm i'm a big proponent of you know, active recovery. So uh, I haven't been able to run very much. I've had a little bit of IT band problems, uh, kind of flaring up when I go out for runs. But just walking, I I try to get out every day and just at least walk a couple miles. So that's been helping a lot too. But truthfully, I'm not in really a big hurry to get back to running. I kind of, you know, I had a busy year this year. And truthfully, the, the downtime has been kind of nice. So yeah, I'm just enjoying, you know, not stressing about training so much right now, and just, you know, it's been nice getting with my kids being out of school and Christmas break right now, getting to spend a little bit more time with them and go hiking with them. So yeah, I'm just kind of
1: enjoying things right now. So it's okay to hike and walk.
0: Oh know? yeah, yeah. It's we don't great. we don't have to we don't have to
1: run <laughs> everywhere. Um, nope. That's that's good to hear. I've heard I've heard maybe one or two people that are like I love walking, like I don't mind it, and it's like an Ian Sharman Sh- or you know. Like, some of the best in the world, like, are not scared to just say, I go for walks. You know, like, it's okay to recover with walking. Yeah, um, definitely.
0: I mean, you definitely get a chance to look around a lot more when you're out there just hiking around, which is nice, too, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah, totally. So, um. And so, do you use a foam roller? Are you a proponent I of that? I use, um, what is it, the Tiger Tail Stick Roller?
0: Yeah. I guess it's, it's just, yeah.
1: That's a unique one. I, I definitely have one of those, because it's the flat one, right? The... Orange grips. Yeah, it's orange, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, in terms of recovery, do you have anything different that you eat? And like, I just want to hear real quickly, like, what's your favorite meal? Um, now that you're keto, I know it's probably a heck of a lot of vegetables, but I don't know. I'm I'm interested to know. Yeah. Um, typically, after a
0: race, you know, I try to try to keep things in moderation you know you spend all the time training so hard and you know i won't lie i i had my fair share of carbs after the the race was over indulging in some pizza and stuff like that some beer you know of course but yeah it's basically you know i wouldn't say i deprive myself during the year but you just definitely stay away from those things that you know will affect your body performance wise um yeah my typical favorite meal i guess uh I don't know. I love a good steak and some some nice uh, cauliflowered rice with some vegetables. That's probably my go-to. Or sweet potatoes, you know.
1: Yeah, yeah, sweet potatoes. And um, before I get into some quicker questions, I was just wondering, I mean, when you're in keto, and then I assume if you're if you're following Bitter and how he period period periodizes um, in and out of races, like, have you found it hard for your body coming out of keto? Because for me, like, I don't know, the way my body processes, even like water retention and that sort of stuff, like coming in and out of keto, I feel like it's been sort of rough on me, but um, I'm just interested to hear your perspective on on getting in and out of it.
0: Uh, yeah, I, I I would say I don't really follow like your traditional uh. Um, natri- uh you know, using food to lose weight. Uh, I'm not in a strict keto all the time, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Um, I definitely incorporate, you know, carbs strategically like he does. Uh, you know, if I have a long run the next day, you know, I'll definitely bump up my carb intake. And that was something that, uh, has definitely evolved over this past year where when I started, I was, you know, tracking my, you know, everything, you know, my, what I ate every day and trying to keep those certain ratios. But I've noticed that, you know, being a runner and someone who's active all the time, um, you kind of can get away with, um, having, you know, a lot more carbs than what they suggest to lose weight. You know, I'm not, I didn't go into it to lose weight. I did it for performance, uh, uh, increases. So, um, yeah, I don't, I, it's just one of those things where I, I stay away from certain foods. You know, I, I try not to eat any, um, uh, refined grains, uh, you know, the sugars, you, you try to limit that kind of stuff. And then of course the vegetable oils, you know, I just completely stay away from that stuff. And, you know, as long as you're eating whole foods and, um, you know, there, there aren't too many things that as a runner, <laughs> I mean, you mean, your body burns through that sugar so fast that a lot of that stuff just doesn't stay in your system. So, yeah yeah
1: that's fascinating and so to start off uh the quicker questions toe socks no toe socks
0: oh definitely toe socks and that was one of the biggest things that drew me to Exoskin was their their new exo toes
1: i love them i mean yeah honestly me i i was skeptical i, I always say this because i really was um because of how thin they were i was like ah yes. like i'm not used to a thin sock like that and then finishing moab without any blisters i was like uh Wait, what? <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> uh, I've, I've done 50Ks and had blisters. Like, what's going on? Right. Um, yeah, I
0: think the big selling point for me was just how durable they are. You know, I the other brand that I was wearing, I'd blow out the toes all the time. I'd wear them two or three times, and I'd have a big hole in the end of my toe. And so when they Exosync came out with those socks, I was like, I need to give these a try. Because, I mean, at first I was like, you know, they're you know five or six dollars more than the other brand I was using, but. Man, overall, I've gotten so much more use out of those than I ever did with the other ones. So it's definitely worth the money. And yeah, they just perform so well. Uh, Desert, I ran the entire race in one pair of socks, which I had never been able to do that in a hundred miler before. So or you, 24 hours. Yeah, I was gonna so say they're amazing.
1: 157 miler. Um, yeah. And did your Did you have blisters? Were they bad or not a single blister? All what? of my toenails are, are in
0: in in. Yeah, they're all my feet look just as good as they did after the race or before the race. It's crazy. Yeah,
1: it's nice to talk to someone else who's using exoskin because I like try to convey it, but you know, they're also like a paid sponsor, so I have to incorporate that (laughs) as a thought. But that's fascinating. And so, what shoes are you wearing? I
0: wear the Hoka Clifton Fours usually as my everyday trainer, but yeah, just mostly Hokas, and then you know, on the trails, I I love the speed goat too, so.
1: Nice. And do you wear any compression gear? Do you wear calf sleeves or any compression? Not during races.
0: No, it's usually just for recovery purposes.
1: Do you have a go-to vest that you wear?
0: Um, I'm sponsored by Orange Mud. So yeah, any of their vests, uh, you know, I incorporate depending on, you know, aid stations and, you know, races, you know, in general. I, I used a lot of just the handhelds the last couple races, but yeah, they make some great stuff too
1: and then what type of watch do you wear do you wear i have G- a gps yeah i have a garmin uh 935 i think it is yeah and then any, any other gear that you wear that i don't know you you find yourself always going back to
0: um well i run for rabbit um one of their elite trail uh runners uh, i love their stuff too it's so comfortable and that's been working really well so
1: yeah awesome so, yeah. that's very awesome and so really quick i I just have a few more questions and i appreciate all your time here um walk me through what how you've developed as an ultra runner mentally over the past few years because something's clicking i think it's more than just the physical training because you don't i mean it's just not normal to go to a 24-hour event and throw down you know one of it's probably one of the top 10 distances in the U S of all time, or it's close to it. I mean, it's, it's legit mileage that you just threw down. Um, what, what mentally has started clicking for you? Uh, I
0: think over time I kind of, you, you start to draw on things that have happened in your, your, just your normal life. Um, stressful situations, uh, you know, a loss of a family member, maybe something that, was really impactful in your life and you look back and you say, I got through that, you know, a lot of people could have just, you know, gone crazy or, you know, turned to something else to, uh, block the pain, you know, drugs or alcohol or whatever. And I think when I get in those situations where things are starting to get tough, I look back on certain things in my life and say, this isn't nearly as bad as what you went through you know, in the past, this is, you're out here having fun, this is something you paid to do, so, you know, drawing just from those past experiences and, and saying, you know, you can get through it, basically, you have the strength to get through things that are a lot more worse than what you're doing right now, and I, during those long periods when you're just not feeling good and you wanna quit, I, I really go back and look at those past experiences as a strength to get me through those hard times.
1: And have you been able to take your running knowledge and ultra mind frame and apply that to your day-to-day job and being a husband and father? Like, like, has it made, I don't know, like maybe the monotony of driving a truck all day and are you able to harness that and like, it's not suffering to you? You're able to like, like smile throughout it or?
0: Yeah, most definitely. I mean, it definitely translates back and forth. And I think the biggest uh, thing that I've gotten out of running in general is just uh, confidence. Um, I was always kind of a quiet kid. Um, People used to call me stuck up because I just really didn't know how to conversate with people or be around large groups, and I think just over the past several years, I've kind of grown into a different person that I'm a lot more confident. I mean, doing something like this, talking... You know, to somebody, I, I would avoid it. I would basically, it would just never happen. But just having that confidence of, I did, you know, I finished this certain race or this certain distance just increased my confidence so much. So, yeah, I think that was the one of the biggest things that I've gotten out of just running in general.
1: That's awesome. And so you're becoming comfortable with being uncomfortable. As exactly. the old saying goes, that's really yeah. cool to hear. That's interesting. And so you've been flying under the radar you know, over the past few years, maybe because of that confidence and now it's building. And so, uh, I'm, I'm fully expecting you to make podcast rounds coming up here, right? <laughs> that, would, that would be you know Dude.
0: totally cool to be able to do something like that. It's still something I'm not entirely comfortable with, but yeah, I mean, I listened, you know, sitting in a truck all day, I listened to all the podcasts. So yeah, it's, it's yeah. been kind of cool, you know,
1: <clears throat> that's really cool. And so what future races do you have lined up? Do you have um, goals, races, FKTs? Uh,
0: no FKTs really. Uh, next year we have a, a several uh, trail races that my wife and I are going to do. Um, we're going out to Avalon Fifty uh, next January next month, kind of have fun. Um, but really, my biggest goal for next year is I. Running the uh, the distance that I did at Desert, I qualified to possibly race on the U.S. Uh, team next year in Albi, France for the 24-hour championship. So that's not until October, but that's definitely oh, that's amazing what I'm looking forward to the most right now. So I'm going to spend the first you know four months next year uh, doing some trail races, kind of you know just having fun doing that, um, and then after that it's going to be a lot of just the road stuff, trying to Figure out my pacing, and I have a couple uh, 24-hour races that I'd like to do. Up until then, just to uh, tweak a few more uh, things leading up to that big race in October. So, and of course, I'd love to run Desert Solstice again next year. So,
1: yeah. I'm. Um, how How many miles did it take to qualify for Desert? I think the standard
0: for male is 1 124, I wow. believe, or a fast
1: 100 miler. Wow. So, yeah. I, I still think they need some average Joe there. If they're going to televise this, because I was realizing every single person running that, like, it's all relative. They're all crushing it. So you can't get any kind of rel- It's like watching an NBA game and trying to get an idea how high people, like, <laughs> yeah. how tall they are. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, unless there's a regular size, you know, ref, you, you have no judgment on how amazing every one of those people were. So that's that's my... Plea to uh, Jamil to let me in there. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> just yeah. let a regular guy in for for just a benchmark. Well, um, I mean, really, I felt
0: like I was the regular guy this year going into that race. I was like, I'm a nobody <laughs> out there.
1: <laughs> oh. I was just fanboying everybody. Yeah, no, you did awesome. And I mean, I, so two last questions. Bad water. I mean, I saw you did Sultan Sea. I know it's pretty close to where you live, relatively yeah. speaking. Is uh. 135 on your radar at all? I know you made a joke that it's super (laughs) expensive, (laughs) um, which is pretty expensive, but is it on your radar? Have you applied?
0: It it, it definitely is. I don't, uh, you know, if you would ask me earlier this year if I'd ever want to run in it, running out in the desert like that doesn't particularly appeal to me, but I guess, you know, after you run 630 laps on a track, there's not really too much that wouldn't appeal to me, I guess. Yeah, it, it definitely appeals to me. Uh, I think just financially, uh, you know, my wife and I both love to race. So if I can, if we can race seven races for the price of me running <laughs> that one race, yeah. I'm always going to go with the seven. So, yeah, I mean, it's definitely something I want to do in the future. It's just, you know, financially, I'd, I'd rather spread my races out throughout the year, I guess.
1: And what, what are your thoughts on 200s? Because Candace has created this whole new category – some people really love them. I mean, from an elite perspective, you know, some guys are like, ah, oh, that's what you do when you're over the hill. Um, Courtney D has definitely changed a lot of the perspective on that. It seems like, I don't know, what's, what's an extra 40 miles for you, right? <laughs> yeah.
0: I, well, I was uh, lucky enough to go and pace uh, Sean Nakamura at Tahoe this year oh, cool. and kind of that was my first experience with the 200 mile distance. You
1: were the pacer. You were. I was. Yeah, I was you were, I paced him from in, like 60 to 90 or something. Okay, so he wasn't hallucinating at that point. You not. Know? No. Okay. Not yet. You were yeah. the godlike figure for him. <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So that was that was
0: definitely eye opening. Um, if that's another one of those things that I'd love to do one day. Uh, yeah, I, I'm pretty much open to anything. I mean, hearing you know Barkley and. You know the Biggs backyard. That's something I'm kind of, oh, that you know, got my eye on now. Yeah. Um, really, you know, anything's open to me at this point. It's just, of course, you know, the time-wise, and you know, I always got to think of the family first. So those races obviously take a lot more time to do and plan. So it, yeah, I just have I to. There's a more. lot of variables. So.
1: Well I'm I'm inspired Jake cuz you're well, you're a, a full-time working guy that's figured it out like and your wife is an ultra runner so you have even less time than most of us like if your significant other is an ultra runner too I just can't imagine uh the level of difficulty of of planning that um, because I'm I plan around my wife you know going for a 3 or 4 mile run not 30 or 40
0: Yeah um, I mean it's really cool though because really you know i hear that a lot like how do you guys even get to see each other you know when you're both training so much and a lot of it is once the kids are at school we uh we get to go out and run together so it's been actually probably made our marriage a lot stronger both being runners we both can relate to each other we both have similar goals and you know going out to these races is kind of like our you know our time away from the kids and getting to spend a little bit more time together so it's really
1: helped i believe That's amazing. I mean, I can't think of a better way to end it, actually. I mean, I I really like that, um, that it's possible, you know, and I've heard this on the past few episodes from from other just awesome runners, like, don't give up on your dreams just because you have kids or whatever the circumstances are, you know, you're working a hard job, Monday through Friday, like you can make it work. And definitely, you're just a, a perfect example of how you can make that work even at a super high level. So Jake, thank you for taking so much time. Where can people follow you on social media? Um,
0: I'm mostly on Instagram at uh, Ultra Underscore Trucker, and of course I'm on Facebook too. So yeah, but Instagram's the the big one that I like to spend the most time on.
1: And watch out on Facebook; you'll just throw out what you know controversial statements like bad water, uh, <laughs> fifteen hundred bucks. No, I, yeah. I thought it was it was valid, and I I appreciate honesty actually in social media more than anything. So um look forward to watching your training and racing and look forward to seeing what you have up on uh, the schedule next year so thanks for taking the time for sure rob it was great talking to you and that was episode 72 i hope you guys enjoyed a big thank you to jake for taking all of his time to explore how he does it all so it's really it's cool to hear from him i, I enjoyed the episode thank you again Season 2 is coming to a close, so thank you Hammer Nutrition, Sufferfest Beer, Destination Trail, and ExoSkin, and big thank you to the Patreon supporters. You guys are awesome. You make this all work. Again, the the book is on pre-order, uh, available on my website for the physical copy, trainingforaltra.com, and then the Kindle version is available for pre-order on amazon.com, so... Feel free to pre-order, get ready. It's going to be an awesome season three. I'm really excited. Have a good New Year's, guys. See ya.